The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Portal to Ascension Radio. Are you ready to expand your consciousness? Your hosts are Neil and Soul Gore. This is a revolutionary, cutting-edge, and deeply esoteric program. Join us as we explore the nature of our reality. Here is Neil and Soul. Welcome, everyone. This is Neil Gore. I am one of your co-hosts here. And I'm Soul Gore. This is Portal to Ascension Radio. And we are here to expand your consciousness with revolutionary awareness. So we're here live with Full Disclosure Online Summit right now. This is happening right now. Right. As we speak, and if you've been tuning in for the last couple of weeks, we were talking about the Full Disclosure Online Summit that actually started two days ago. And today we're on day three. We're actually simultaneously broadcasting this show as the webinar is going on. And Trisha McCannon, who was our guest last week, we spoke about Ancient Atlantis, is on right now speaking about ancient civilization. She's doing an amazing two-hour presentation on that. Two days ago, when we first started, we started with the global financial fraud and free energy, talking about what has happened with the banking system, the cabal, um, the conspiracy over money and the debt system, and then also talking about free energy devices where we can pull energy, electricity, power from space-time, from the vacuum, completely free, so we don't have to pay for it and utilize it to create peace on Earth, harmony on Earth, and to eliminate poverty, income inequality, you know, and all the power structures that really is not for the highest good of humanity. And then on day two, we went into plant medicines and medical remedies. So for the whole day yesterday, for 10 hours straight, we were doing this webinar on talking about ayahuasca, talking about iboga, San Pedro, for um, because it was 420 yesterday, which is National Cannabis Day. We did, we started off talking about CBD oil and cannabis and marijuana plant and how that can be used for healing. Now, day three today is true world history. So the full disclosure is still going on. We're going to be going on for a few more days. We're over on the fifth day, which will be Sunday, which we end on our spiritual essence. But today, who do we have on today? This week, our first guest is Alan Steinfeld, and he is dedicated to the awareness of UFOs and ET contact. He believes extraterrestrial phenomena is about perception and understanding our true place in the universe. Uh, Alan Steinfeld is the host of New Realities, a show on Time Warner in New York City, and he's got a new book coming out. Right, and I'm extremely honored to be bringing him on because when I first got into this awareness over a decade ago, Alan was one of the people that was really putting this information out there with his show. And now we're friends and we're doing things together, so I'm just super honored and blessed to even be in his presence. He's going to be emceeing tomorrow for the Extraterrestrial Day, so he'll be our MC. He's also currently in Sedona. I think he's got there right now and at an event over there. So he'll be broadcasting while he's at that event and possibly even bringing on some of the speakers that are there. So let's see, Alan, are you here with us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thank you. Yeah, I am in Sedona, beautiful uh, Red Rock Sedona, which is sort of a, a center of this type of uh, 
new attitudes, the center where spirituality, UFOs, uh, uh, cosmic origins, they all kind of come together here. This is sort of the accepted way of thinking in this little town. So it, it's great mm-hmm. to be here. I'm going to be part of an event tomorrow, starting tomorrow, no, starting today actually called Cosmic Awakenings, which is about 300 people coming together talking about this moment of awakening. And I'll be broadcasting, yes, full disclosure tomorrow from the Cosmic Awakening Conference and hopefully be able to drag some people like Travis Walton, maybe even Corey Good, in to say hello for a few minutes on uh um, oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be great, yeah. yeah. So, tell us, when I first got into um, looking at your videos, and uh, a lot of the information that I got, there was a lot of information on self-empowerment, consciousness. I saw videos on Deepak Chopra. Why don't you give us, like, a, a little synopsis of um, how you got into this awareness and, you know, what your passion is about it? Well, thanks. Thanks for asking. It's nice to be on the other side of this because I, I think I asked you the same questions. Of, of- <laughs> 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 um yeah, you know, when, when, you, uh, when you grow up with uh, um, experiences that can't be explained from the normal kind of way of understanding things, like out-of-body experiences and having strange beings look into your window at night, and, and there's, no, there's no resources, not on, in the mainstream media, not in religion, not in your education, you have to, I had to look for alternatives. I had to see, well... Am I just crazy or are other people having these experiences of, of out-of-body travel and, and things that, you know, go beyond what is called normal? And I did. I found in some of the alternative literature and some of the, in the ancient spiritual traditions or even like people like Edgar Cayce, some, of, some examples of uh, these alternate realities. So it made me see and think that possibly what I've been told reality is is not really what it's at. And that became a sort of obsession with me, a compulsion to, to, to um, understand that there's more to this world. And I couldn't, just, I couldn't figure out why everyone wanted to walk around with like um, – blinders on like just seeing a narrow point of reality when there was this whole big world this whole big parts of ourselves that that could be explored and most people were just interested in sports or drinking beer and 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 you know just having a nine-to-five job which I have to say I never had and um, I've always looked for what else is going on here so that includes working on oneself your own spiritual development is a kind of doorway into these higher realities. So you have to you have to go and observe your own psychology, your own motivations, because that gets you deeper into uh, an expansion of perception. If mm-hmm. people haven't dealt with their emotional um, traumas, and everybody has them, then they're locked into an inner battle of always of being stuck there. But you, right, right. To, to keep expanding to the larger perspective, you have to deal with those personal issues. You have to deal with it. And, you know, we all have family stuff that comes up that unless they're looked at, we get stuck there. So for me, I felt that spiritual evolution and cosmic awareness had to do also with personal development. And I'm still working in that area. You know, it's like it's like physical development. You don't want to neglect your body either. I think a lot of... Spiritual people say, oh, it's, 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 it doesn't matter. But I think we're here to be embodied 
and we're here to be psychologically awake, that leads to more possibilities of, of um, spiritual attunement, which include ETs. We're not, you know, the, the, my experience with ETs is that they communicate in a way that is uh, not a normal reality. So you have to, you have to be uh, aware of your own psychology to know that you're getting communications from another realm. If you're not in touch with yourself, then you just think you're going crazy, hallucinating, or, or making it up. But if you are in touch with a kind of deeper level, you realize, well, possibly these experiences are from another level of reality. Yeah, I think you know that, um, you know, plant medicines come in at a certain place, I think. And I think uh, it goes hand in hand where you can actually have visions and the plant medicine can help you. And I believe that they're from extraterrestrial sources and they're here for our body that we are embodying to help us and help us decipher a lot of the information that just flows through us and we don't understand at this time. I agree with that. But I also have a problem with that. I mean, I think LSD was a door opener. It's interesting that 419 yesterday was the, or was it two days ago? 420. April 19th was the day that um, Albert Hoffman really discovered the use of LSD. So it's Mm -hmm. called like Bicycle Day, which is like the first uh, LSD trip, you know, Mm -hmm. that's 419, April 19th. But uh, that opened a doorway. I think plant medicines do open a doorway of perception. But the problem I have with that is that people start to depend on that. Yeah, I don't mean abusing it. I mean, like, really working with your, you know, working with a shaman and, and, uh, getting the information and deciphering it. And I, I don't mean at all, like, uh, to abuse it or anything. I mean, really use it the way it was meant to be used and, and the, actually the plant medicine that's natural, Mm. you know? Well, I think our brains have its own DMT, and I think being just being in a dark room for a day will produce DMT effects. People who do a 40-day darkroom process have really psychedelic um, experiences. So, I, I mean, I think this is just my experience. I've done ayahuasca. I've done uh, peyote and some of those things. I feel like I don't need to do that again because once the door is open – you go through that door and you're in those realities. I, I don't feel, I feel for me, those things, if I, if they have diminishing returns. I think if you keep doing them, you, you don't know what is your own mm, perception and what is the plant. And I think, I think, uh, intra- I think people need those to, to see what's possible, but I think we need to go beyond them. And I think we're reaching a state of consciousness that we are uh, in a position to access these other realities through our own neurochemistry. And I think that's what's so exciting about this time. The vibrational frequency of the earth is shifting to open new neural nets of perception to see realities that haven't been available to us before with our own brain chemistry. This is my feeling. I don't know. How did the people on the, the plant day medicine feel about using their own brain chemistry for that? Well, that makes sense as well, because we do, we are born with these chemicals in our bodies. And uh, like if we go into Sumati, you know, the the uh, extended 
meditation where your kundalini rises and it all of those neural networks are uh, used at the same time and they're all clicking the same way. Uh, I just like sometimes taking shortcuts and it seems to me that plant medicines can get us to shortcuts. But explain um, some of your experiences, if you would, Alan. With plant medicine, I think. Yeah, and with meditation. No, with, I mean, with yeah. experiences, let's talk about the extraterrestrial experiences that you were referring to, the ones that the conversation we had right before this. I'm curious right. to know what kind of experiences you have had. Well, thank you for asking. Well, the extraterrestrial experiences, um, let's see, I've had mm, a number of them, particularly, well, one I had that sort of, I, I mean, growing up, I would have strange dreams. I would I would feel like, uh, especially like in high school, I, I had these red shutters at some point in my bedroom for some reason. And then I, 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 there would be like, I would be in a dream state. So this is not in a normal waking state and I really admire those people who have lucid awareness of their ET contacts. For me and a lot of people, they come in altered states and this is dream state, but they're dreams. You know how you forget dreams in the morning. These are dreams you never forget. And for some, and some people think they're not actually dreams. They're just an altered state of reality that our conscious mind labels as dreams because we're not used to these alternative realities. And that's what I think we need to work on because when you meet the ET, you are immediately shifted because of the consciousness field to their point of view. And that disorientates us to our level of reality. So the um, experiences I had growing up were, first of all, being pulled, feeling pulled out of my body, feeling very uh, disconnected uh, from from the embodiment, but I could be aware of my embodiment, but that started to sort of freak me out, and it was like this um, sort of maybe this upgrade of my, uh, maybe it was a brain neurology, but it was also very uh, traumatizing in a way too, so um, I used to sleep with the lights on and the radio playing just for company at night because I didn't want to have those experiences. And that's actually something I've read in the literature that lots of uh, people do. Uh, that's sort of a common trait among contactees. So then in 1987, I was traveling cross country with this girlfriend of mine and we were really tired and from driving all day, we we're in uh, Western Nebraska and we parked by this um, little canal that was, it said, enter at your own risk, but we were just so tired. <laughs> I guess we should have followed that sign, but we're just so tired from driving. We just kind of went to sleep, you know, and, and we sort of just felt like we um, passed out there. I mean, we and, and we woke up in the morning, and she still remembers this. This is 1987. Um, and we're not together anymore, but we, we talk. And I said, you remember that time? And she says, yeah, we were like frozen all night. And that's, that's what happened. We were like woke up in the same exact position that we went to sleep. Like there was mm, some kind of, um, I don't know, like a dome placed around us. I didn't remember anything, but when I got home to New York, what I found, it was in the summer. Um, actually, my mother noticed this, and I think had her own abduction experience. But in the back of my leg was this four-pronged puncture mark. And uh, I said to, to my mother, oh, that must be a spider bite or something. And then I showed it to a woman who was familiar with the abduction literature. She goes, no, that's a sign that, um, that you've had contact. And I immediately went back to that night that uh, we camped at this uh, this little canal, and uh, um, 
this this girlfriend of mine was regressed because she was near, and she said, "Yes, we were taking aboard a ship, and we were connected. The the back of my knee, for some reason, was connected to her ankle, and we we uh, gave this genetic information to these ETs, and." Um, so I didn't remember any of that, but a year later in 1988, I do remember being, first I remember like this, uh, sexual dream where this sperm was extracted from me, uh, in the, in the middle of the night and, and, um, which I thought was kind of weird. And then a couple of weeks later, I thought, and this seems strange, I don't know how it could be a couple of weeks. I was woken up in the middle of the night or it was a dream. The, I felt like this feather or this fur tickling the inside of my thigh, which is very strange sensation to have that. And that happened like three times. And I sort of woke up and this little being was placed in my hands. It looked, what I, what I remember is it looked like a deer with big eyes and it didn't look like a a, a human it didn't even look like an alien but but people say these are screen memories and your your mind your mind creates the sort of like a little uh, gizmo yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but so my mind created this thing to look like something friendlier than maybe a like an i mean yeah an alien. even though i'm totally into this stuff there's a part of me that's yeah. still like uh, traumatized by it. i mean oh, i have yeah yeah I have still, and that people talk about, of course, friendly contact, friendly ETs, and I'm sure there are. They haven't been these. I don't think these people are bad. These beings are bad. They they are after our genetic information. From this is what I've been able to put together by talking, by reading a lot. They they've reached the end of their um, ability to pre- reproduce because they've lost their their their. Um, their passion. They 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 became pure intellects, and they 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 um, became pure mental sort of beings, right, right. and they they're missing what we have the abundance of, so, with emotion, uh, passion. Yes, Ellen, we have only a few uh, 10, 20 seconds left until the commercial break. So I just want you to um, where can we find out more information about you, really quick, and we'll talk Uh-oh. again tomorrow. Okay, go to newrealities.com. Uh, go to my YouTube, actually. It's really good. I'm going to be here in Sedona interviewing a lot of way out people. YouTube.com slash newrealities. I'm um, really happy about hosting Full Disclosure tomorrow, live from Sedona on Earth Day. I have to say tomorrow's Earth Day, so it's dedicated to, you know, uh, the Earth's relationship with these other other consciousnesses. So, yeah, anyway, I have, more, I have more experience to tell you at some point, Neil and Saul. Well, yes, thank you we'll for- definitely have you on. Thank yes. you, brother. Thank All you right. for being with us today, and we'll thank see you, you tomorrow. tomorrow. On your amazing um, efforts to bring truth to the planet, I'm really honored to be a part of that. So thank, thank you, brother. Thank Appreciate you. you. We'll talk soon. Okay, good. Blessings. Bye. Bye. We'll be right back, guys. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
portal to ascension takes you to the edge of what we perceive as reality. We exist to bring awareness to hidden ancient wisdom, our true world and galactic history, advanced technology, sound and frequency, sacred economics, conscious living, cosmic consciousness and the ascension of humanity. Neil and Solgor are your facilitators for this experience. The time is now for the expansion of your consciousness. Participate in our online webinars. Visit PortalToAscension.org. That's PortalToAscension.org. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Portal to Ascension Radio with Neil and Soul Gore. To find out more about the program and to contact Neil and Soul directly, please visit our website at portaltoascension.org. Now back to this week's program. Hey guys, so we have Brad Johnson with us today as well. He's one of our best friends and the very first person Portal to Ascension toured with. Currently, we're touring with Michael Tillinger. Uh, Brad holds a very special place in our hearts. We've had many, many experiences with him. and Yep, and he's actually been with us for quite some time, ever since the inception of Portal to Ascension. We wanted to have him on the first show, but it just didn't work out. And basically, Portal to Ascension came around 2008, but in 2010, we hit the road with Brad on tour doing extraterrestrial channelings with he channels a being from the Sirius constellation called Adronis. And he is also known as the multidimensional mentor. He is a conscious channel that is a conduit for a range of information that's higher dimensional that just comes through him. So he's a really awesome guest to be having on the show with a wealth of information. Brother Brad, are you there? I'm here, guys. Thanks for having hey. me on. Hey! <coughs> How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, just uh, things are kicking off and doing, doing wonderful. Nice. nice. So why don't you go ahead and um, tell us about you know, your journey and tell us about Adronis. I want you to kind of touch into how you connected with Adronis and what you're up to right now with the multidimensional mentor. Yeah, well, I guess you could say the current event that I'm doing right now is uh, I'm going to be leaving for Toronto here next week. I'm going to be on Vice TV, which is a nationwide uh, TV channel, and I'm going to be channeling Adronis through their episodes. Uh, so we're really going to be looking at some mainstream expo- exposure as it relates to channeling. So I'm really excited about that. That's going to be happening uh, later next week uh, when I leave for the for Toronto. Uh, but uh, basically what uh, Adronis represents is that he is a consciousness, a Syrian consciousness, or you could also refer to as a higher dimensional uh, extraterrestrial consciousness from the star of Sirius A. And I've been channeling him now since December of 2008. So I really got into channeling uh, back in August of 2008, just kind of looking at it in type of investigation, just kind of understanding it, exploring it a little bit more. 
And it wasn't until I was starting to write a book that I wanted to uh, just get this really strong uh, urge to look more into meditation. And meditation was my journey to really open me up into this world. And so before that time, I was never really into the spiritual aspect. uh, But this whole uh, aspect of me creating this uh, science fiction novel really changed everything. It just really allowed me to get uh, really interested in uh, in meditation and energy healing and channeling psychic and intuitive development. And that's been my whole life since that time. So it's just been like a filling cup of knowledge that has never stopped filling up. And uh, connecting with Adronis has just been an incredible experience, uh, being able to just firstly uh, connect with him via inspirational or automatic writing uh, back in 2008 and then just spending several months uh, attempting to work on vocally channeling him, very similar to how you know uh, Esther Hicks channels Abraham or Daryl Anka channels Bashar or how Jane Roberts channeled Seth, very much to that particular accord. So I started connecting with him and really getting these profound messages that really just transformed my entire life. I would also just go to sleep at night. I'd get downloads coming in in the middle of the night and I'd wake up knowing things I did not know before. And this really uh, motivated me to really just kind of leave the old jobs that I had and uh, really wanted to do this full time. Uh, I started uh, offering services with Adronis, started channeling with him, with other people, and uh, it was profound. People's lives changed, and this is uh, definitely an agreement that him and I have made uh, incarnationally uh, through soul agreement, and this is what we've been doing uh, for about the past eight and a half years, is just going into these deep states of channeling, uh, connecting with people, reading their energies, Uh, helping them to massively transform their life as my life has been massively transformed. And I've also been looking into many other different things from Akashic record readings to uh, remote viewing to, uh, again, more psychic intuitive development as well. I've also developed my own healing method, which is called light circuitry attunements. So, you know, I've been kept pretty busy these past few years, but it's just been a little red. Yeah. So let's talk about, um, I want to talk (laughs) about first contact and, um, Let's get into some practical grounded information about what's happening now. So I remember that when I first got into channeling, that some channelers were saying that first contact would be channeling. What is your take on first contact and having open communication with extraterrestrials? Because I honestly am waiting to have open communication with extraterrestrials and even communicate with them, travel with them in our own lifetimes. Yeah, I mean, really how it's going to work is that humanity really needs to be nurtured. And understood that this is indeed a reality. And basically what's happening is that we're having many of these miniature disclosures happening in many different ways. So they're basically talking about exoplanets. They're talking about microbial life. They're talking about these Earth-like planets and water on the planets, etc. And that's how it's really going to nurture itself out on a global level. So a global level is going to take a little bit more time. But basically, everybody uh, has the opportunity to have personal contact with a lot of these particular types of beings. Uh, Really what it represents is that you have to do a lot of inner work on yourself. You know, you have to make sure that you are going into a state of love that is receptive to the energies that you want to bring forward when connecting with these beings. If you know that you want to connect with a higher intelligence, you want to connect with a very loving being, you need to be at least some of that yourself. So this is where we're basically doing a lot of inner work. We're clearing a lot of... uh, emotional debris from ourselves, making peace with it, and really just starting to balance ourselves out and realize this is a true reality. There there are extraterrestrials, and they are countless. It's just the whole universe is teeming with life, Uh, and there's there's no shortage of the type of beings that you can connect with. But really, uh, if you're looking for something that really serves you and works together in that energy, uh, you have to just do a lot of that inner practice. You need to work on breathing. You know, you need to work on taking care of your body, you know, just oxygenating your body quite well. 
uh, really just opening up the heart. It's not so much about attuning the, the chakras or anything like that. that. That can be a bonus, but that's not really what it's too much about. It's more so in the idea that you are just moving more into a space of love. You're really just starting to realize this is your true reality. And the so, practicality comes together when you start moving more into uh, aligning to those energies and you see how reality now starts reacting to you. Right. When I look at the world and I used to feel that there'd be a spontaneous enlightenment and that we would all shift into love like overnight. And now I'm seeing like looking at the world that there's a lot of trauma, there's a lot of war, there's a lot of poverty, chaos. Um, what is your take on, on that? And is there a window of when we can all shift into that love vibration? Because if it's going to take that much unconditional love collectively to be at a level where we can have open communication with extraterrestrials is it going to happen through one event or is the series of events that going to happen or will it take quite some time well best best thing i can say is that with a lot of the shakeup and uh trauma that's happening on the planet this is the best thing we could possibly ask for because what that is showing is that we are changing as a society when a society doesn't change you don't get shakeup you don't get uproars like that. You don't get traumas. So basically what this is, is that this is us jolting ourselves out of a collective reality that we know we do not prefer. And so this is a transitional state. So when you're basically seeing a lot of chaos on the planet, when you're seeing all this stuff, this is great. This is actually showing that the aspect of light is prevailing because light is actually what's coming onto the planet to shake up a lot of rigidness, a lot of stagnancy, a lot of uh, solidity that has been contained on the planet for hundreds and thousands of years. So whenever that happens, uh, that's really for to giving ourselves an applause. This is basically we need the shakeup to really just jolt ourselves out of a trance. And this is going to lead us into uh, just taking more action and realizing that we're not here to change the world. We're here to change our worlds. And as we all come together and change our own worlds together, absolutely, you're looking at an incredible shift uh, of love energy, of high vibrational contact and high vibrational energies that are coming forward. Because basically what a lot of the extraterrestrial super federations are looking for is the idea of humanity being able to take care of themselves. Can they take care of each other? Can they take care of themselves? Can they take care of their planet? If you, we are able to demonstrate that quite effectively, which is basically going to be happening between now and the next several years, then there will certainly be a large trigger point where there will be a much more uh, opportunities of larger forms of contact happening practically. But they are not just going to come down here when we're still just getting things shaken up because it's not uh, for them to, to get involved in that way. It's looking at Star Trek with uh, the Prime Directive. And that's a very real law as it relates to extraterrestrial contact. You do not interfere with a developing civilization, especially with someone like us that are still attempting to learn how to take care of each other. So they know they're very intelligent. They know exactly not to get involved with that. So they will do something that is not intrusive. That's basically coming through conscious contact. And conscious contact can always be dismissed because it doesn't really represent a tangibility. And I think if we do have large amounts of tangibility relating to extraterrestrial contact, that can always be a questionability. And, and a lot of ET civilizations that are very much high in that higher state of love are not going to take that chance. So really what this is, is it's a self-journey. You really have to see exactly how this is unfolding in your life and seeing how this is changing you and seeing how your world is coming together with right. the type of contacts you prefer. You created a few videos a while back, uh, quite a while back, on the solar system and the history of the solar system, but in particular, the <clears throat> extraterrestrial races that existed on every single planet or might even exist right now. Yes. What's, what's your take on that? Were those civilizations existing in this dimension? Are there any other races besides us existing in this dimension in our solar system, or are they all <laughs> higher dimensional entities? 
Well, there's two basic paths that have happened. One, there have been civilizations that have left our star system that once occupied here. Secondly, there are civilizations that have left this veil of reality uh, and may be existing in different dimensions as it relates to our own star system. So basically, there have been a lot of wars, <clears throat> a lot of skirmishes that have happened here over thousands and thousands of years, mainly for territory, because Earth basically represents <clears throat> an ancient library world. <clears throat> it can be referred to as an ancient living library, because there is so much life on this planet. And really what a lot of the quote-unquote trade is throughout the galaxy is life, is biology, is the aspect of DNA. And because Earth is so rich, it is such a multifaceted planet, uh, this is like a gold mine to many different species. And so for thousands of years, there's been a lot of fighting over the territory of the star system. And through some of these skirmishes, again, a lot of civilizations have actually been killed by war. Uh, some have decided to leave because it just got too intense, and some have decided to actually uh, advance themselves past this physical domain and exist in other particular types of veils. So there have been uh, life, absolutely, uh, throughout all of the star system, uh, throughout all the planets in the star system. And there is still uh, life existing in those particular dimensions as well, too. So absolutely, there's there's been a lot of uh, extraterrestrial uh, involvement uh, since the beginning before our time. Uh, and uh, basically, there have been 22 different uh, farmer races that have come together and uh, basically created the human genome uh, over many different versions. We would actually be the 39th version right now as it relates to the human genome tweaking of what we represent with these 22 different extraterrestrial races whose DNA we share. Hey, Brad, do you think that uh, we will have we will be able to peacefully coexist on Earth anytime soon with all of the species that are here? Like, because, you know, even just with ourselves, we can't figure it out. But what about all the other species? Well, that's basically what we're going through right now. We're realizing exactly what we're doing to the planet. We're seeing exactly what we're doing to species, where some species have actually gone extinct. But basically, that's the ultimate goal, is being able to know that if we are cooperating with the planet, we're cooperating with nature, we're cooperating with all life on the planet, that's basically the signature to allowing us to jumpstart, to go into becoming a galactic society. You're not going to become part of a galactic society if you're still dualistic between yourself and nature. So basically, we're going two different routes, and this represents a third density Earth and a fourth density Earth. And we're basically noticing this split happening right now. You can see this split when you notice that people are very much opposed to change, when they feel that they want to keep their own world, they want to keep control factors together. When this basically happens, that would represent a very strong third density reality. When you're moving more into people who are open, who are expansive, who are cooperating, who want to contribute, who want to share new ideas, who want to innovate, who are all about love and compassion, that is a fourth density reality. And that's basically what's happening right now is we're seeing this planetary mitosis taking effect. And uh, this is going to still be something within the next 50 to 100 years that Adronis has shared for it to take full effect. But we're going through that very heavy transition right now. In fact, many of us are just stepping through the door of that fourth density shift right now. And you, again, you can see it for people who just really have love expression. So people who have fear expression will very much remain where what they have created in a very physical, solid, dense realm. And uh, there can be a lot of uh, frightening things that can happen in that realm. People are moving into fourth density. You're looking at a much more illuminating realm. You're connecting. You're cooperating. You're developing true family relationship. So this is really where we're going. So when you're moving more so into the expressive density, uh, yeah, there will actually be a lot of cooperations between men, animals, nature, and Earth herself. 
So we have three. Uh, we have three minutes left, but I want to ask two questions. And firstly, let's talk about the Yael civilization. So mm-hmm. it's been said that the Yael will be the first um, civilization that we connect with, and they will be teaching us uh, space travel. That was like four years ago. I heard that. Is there any changes on that? What's your perspective on the Yael? Oh, that's still definitely going to be happening. Uh, there may also be some other species that may be stepping forward as well, too. And if these other ones are stepping forward, they may be beings of the inner Earth. But I feel that they will be a lot more uh, choosy as for the types of people that they will be working with. The whole idea is that we have a big smorgasbord. We have shades of gray as it relates to many different species that want to come in and teach certain groups certain things. Uh, but really, I would say on a collective level, on a very much larger level, it would be our own children. And that's basically what the hybrids represent. They are just our own children uh, given uh, to, given brought into life through the idea of beings that have been uh, part of our ima- amazing, immense future. Uh, and these, these beings of our future would represent that of the beings that we know as the greys. And so they have come here uh, after they've destroyed their world and basically have attempted to make amends and work with many of the souls <clears throat> that are now incarnating on this planet to basically procreate children together with so that they could continue their race in some form. So basically these beings are trying to make amends. And again, not all greys, not all beings like the greys are like that. But this particular faction, this particular group is like that. And this is what has created the progeny between humanity and the greys uh, that represent that of the Yael. And the Yael basically have their own uh, thing right now. They basically kind of like put the greys aside and saying that we're basically going to be running things ourselves because it's not equilateral to the energies that we want to convey in love. Awesome. So it's important to know that the extraterrestrial phenomena obviously is connected to spirituality and that's this show is a spiritual show and we talk about extraterrestrials a lot. So you are going to be on the Full Disclosure Summit on day five talking about spirituality. Why don't you just wrap it up and tell us about your websites and also tell us about what your presentation is going to be on Sunday. Yeah, it's called The Path of Immortality. So it's understanding the way of the mortal state, how to be able to work past the addiction of societal world. Uh, being able to go past the, the confines and the confusion of free will, understanding how you can obtain spiritual immortality. That's really one of our biggest things. Understanding how you can unify yourself, unify the realms of reality, revealing the nature, the natural body, understanding what the reality body as well. We're going to be looking more into the rainbow body as well too. Going past the wheel of space, time, karma, and matter. Uh, and seeing exactly how your body is now naturally aligned to the universal matrix and being able to achieve spiritual immortality, which means you're taking your personality with you after death. So that's basically what we're going to be talking about and how this can be achieved uh, on Sunday. So I'm really looking forward to it. Awesome, brother. And our website is realitywhisperer.com. Cool. Thank you so much, Brad. You know we both love you so much. Yes, we totally love you. you And (laughs) We'll see you on Sunday. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thank you for being with us. Bye. Much love, guys. Take care. Much love. So we're going to go to commercial now. Please stay tuned. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Portal to Ascension takes you to the edge of what we perceive as reality. We exist to bring awareness to hidden ancient wisdom, our true world and galactic history, advanced technology, sound and frequency, sacred economics, conscious living, cosmic consciousness and the ascension of humanity. Neil and Solgore are your facilitators for this experience. 
The time is now for the expansion of your consciousness. Participate in our online webinars. Visit PortalToAscension.org. That's PortalToAscension.org. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions, some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Portal to Ascension Radio with Neil and Soul Gore. To find out more about the program and to contact Neil and Soul directly, please visit our website at portaltoascension.org. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back, everyone. So for the last segment today, we're only going to be on for the next minute, and then we're going to have an audio clip of Enrique Villanueva. So let me just do a little introduction on him. Enrique, he's actually a person that we only met um, a few months ago, and he's a Peruvian contactee. So the interview you're about to listen to is the interview with him being a Peruvian contactee and what experiences he's gained. He's going to be speaking tomorrow at the Full Disclosure Online Summit, www.fulldisclosuresummit.com. Five days of awareness, tomorrow's ETs, fifth day spirituality, nonstop consciousness, eight to ten hours a day, movie screening tomorrow, 49 hours of extra footage for you to even check out extraterrestrial awareness that we have from our archives. So it's a lot of information. If you're ready for the full disclosure download, go to our website, fulldisclosuresummit.com. And now we're going to segue in just a few seconds here into the Enrique Villanueva interview. And then after that, the, the show will phase out. So we love you. We love you. This has been Portal to Ascension Radio. Enjoy. See you next week, guys. Bye-bye. I remember the first time I heard the word UFO in Spanish, actually OVNI, um, an identified flying object. OVNI in Spanish is Objeto Volador No Identificado. It's the same meaning. And at seven, I have a sighting that was really major. All the friends out there, uh, we saw this light flying above us. And so bright that the night became suddenly like a day. And uh, later we saw that ship uh, getting close to, to some avenue we have. And I remember that a whole group of adults and the kids we were at the time, um, we were witnessing this thing. Next day, uh, the newspapers had many uh, articles about this uh, sighting that the whole city of Lima uh, witnessed. So I remember my father buying all the newspapers uh, about it, and he was reading it in the table during breakfast. And we were mentioning what we saw as he was reading the, the articles. And that was the first time I got in touch with the, the word UFO or OVNI. And the first time we talk about uh, the possibility of being visited. The night before, I heard the adults talking about a possible invasion or things like that, but that was completely out of my scope. I didn't even uh, have reference of that. 
until that moment. Um, so at seven, I had the first sighting. And then uh, the same year, I had another one. Um, and years passed when I, I just have that in the back of my mind without exploring more into that. Uh, about uh, the age of 12, I had some spontaneous uh, astral projections. And through that experience, I started, um, I became curious about the UFOs again. Uh, through astral projection, I practiced meditation, and through meditation, I had uh, sightings again, and that was uh, about 14, 15 years old. And then at 17, I had an amazing uh, lucid dream where I met this elder uh, who showed me a book, an open book, uh, the book was made of uh, metallic plates uh, filled with symbols that I couldn't understand. And the elder showed me um, the book, but it was like a test for me. It was like, uh, I knew that if I move the pages of the book to the right, I was going to see the future of humankind. And if I move the, the uh, pages to the left, I was going to have access to the history, the past. And... I remember that I was so hungry for, for information, for knowledge, that I started going back and forward with this book until the elder uh, pushed me back gently. And then I realized that I didn't pass this test. It was like um, I was seduced by the knowledge of, of time. And I knew I was um, being tested many, many times before. And I was a little discouraged to know that I was failing that test again. But then he told me that I have to continue looking for the light that I was supposed to show some kind of power or take people that were in the shadows into the light. Uh, his language was very symbolic. And I was trying to, to get everything he said, but then I heard some screams around me. And then I woke up in my bed. My cousin was sleeping in a bed beside me. And as she woke up to go to the, to the bathroom, she saw two beings uh, that she said were very bright, uh, like two beings made of light sitting on my bed. And when she saw that, she started screaming. And, and then I woke up. So for me, that was the first time that the non-ordinary reality somehow touched our uh, material world. Somehow these two realms uh, got in connection through my dream, uh, through the vision of my cousin. And I realized that something was going to happen. Some, something from the other side was closer this time. And I was really aware of that. And... I opened myself to the possibility of exchanging with another reality. Um, at the time, I didn't relate the idea of the book and the elder with the UFOs. But then, um, like a couple of months later, the Rama group, a group of contact that started in Peru in 1974, uh, they uh, organized an event in the Chilca Desert. Uh, Chilca is like 60 kilometers south of the capital, Lima. And 
normally that was the place where the Rama group uh, went in order to have the sightings and the meetings with this alien intelligence. So when they announced this event on the media, uh, I remember I heard about that on the news one night. I immediately thought that maybe I was supposed to be there. Uh, just the day before I saw that uh, the news, I had a dream where I was being invited to meet with alien beings. And that was a really weird dream. For me, it was more an awake state, even though I was sleeping at the time. And I was so aware of the invitation that I, I thought the invitation is going to come anytime soon. And then I saw this news the next day. So I thought that I was supposed to be there. And I went to the Rama, um, the Rama place or the place where, where they meet normally. And they told me that I was not supposed to be in that event because I didn't have the preparation. I was not trained with them. And I was not ready to just quit the experience because <laughs> I was not uh, prepared. So uh, I got the information of the location of the event in the Chilca Desert, and I went with my dad, separated from the group. We are lost in the middle of the desert. We never reached the, the location of the meeting. But then when we went back driving towards Lima, uh, there was a big blackout. Uh, there was no energy in the city. As we get into my house, uh, I felt a vibration, very strong vibration, and I noticed that the dogs in in the block were barking, like they were aware of the same vibration. My brother, my father couldn't hear it. That was very weird. I could hear it clear. And that night, I had an encounter, but that was astral also. I, I saw that this ship came down close to my house and these beans came out of that ship. I met with them, I talked to them, but as I said, that was an astral projection. I was aware of the, the meeting and they took me inside the ship and we went to, uh, it was like a tour through the solar system and we saw different space stations in different locations of the solar system, uh, uh, close to the moon, uh, close to Neptune. And then as they were telling me um, what I was supposed to, to have from that experience, they gave me details about how the solar system was prepared for this uh, contact many, many years ago. Like, uh, some of the artificial uh, satellites uh, look like a natural satellite, like our moon, let's say. Um, and what they say is basically that the solar system was uh, put in place, not the whole solar system, but many satellites, and they are serving the purpose of these civilizations working with us and all this information they gave me was like like a download, uh, a massive amount of information that when I went back and woke up in the morning, I was like in shock. I couldn't remember everything. And through the day, the images uh, came more clear as the information. And I realized that I couldn't just handle that information by myself. So I went to the Rama again. And in the Rama group, um, I explained to them what I received 
through this experience. And they validate everything I received because they have been receiving this same information for the last, uh, that was the year 1988. And they started in 1974. So it was like already 14 years for them. And they knew not only about the satellites in our solar system, but they knew also about the book. In Rama, uh, they received the information that that book represents like the history of humankind. Uh, they have a specific name for that book. And is related to the idea of the Akashic records, like the history not only of this humankind, but the history of the planet and even the history of the solar system, maybe. And also the civilizations that are interacting with us. So when I received that info, I didn't know that the book was related to the experience of contact also. But now with Rama, I was confirming that that was the case. And... I realized that I had many things in common with the members of Rama. So I decided that I was going to stay with them and practice and learn from them whatever they, they have as a body of knowledge. So I went to the library they have. It's a library of psychographic uh, communications they have been receiving since the beginnings of the experience of contact in 1974. So I reviewed them and I realized that the symbols I saw in the book and the symbols I was receiving during meditation were related also to some kind of uh, language of a federation of civilizations out there. And um, many of the symbols I received, they were already in record in Rama. And I remember that uh, that was a surprise for me and I was ready and open to experience even more. Um, in Rama, they have 24 uh, teachings or practices that you are supposed to go like one uh, a week. Once a week, you meet with a group, the new group, and then you receive the practice uh, for that week. And then you go on for the next 24 weeks. Um, during the sixth, I think, we were invited to go to the Chilka Desert, this time with the Rama group, not by myself. And we were about 15 kids between the ages of 15 and maybe 30 something. And our instructor from Rama, um, we went for two days, I think, to the desert, or maybe three, I don't remember well. But the first night, we have a sighting, a very important sighting. We were, uh, it was around 11 p.m., I think, that we saw lights coming at the level of the mountains. And then there was a mist or a very low cloud. And from that cloud, the lights came out and started moving, like, in different directions, up and down. And they were, like, in formation for a while. Then one of those lights just detached from the group and approached my uh, group. Thank you for joining us for Portal to Ascension Radio. We invite you to return for another session of our program next Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Gratitude, love, and abundance until we meet again.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.